1: Yeah, Lindsey Graham, easy there, tough guy. Whoa, really, really feeling his britches lately. Threatening Vladimir Putin out loud. He thought about this. He said it on TV, he said it on the internet. He wants him dead.
0: How does this end? Somebody in Russia, has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stoppenberg in the Russian military? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. I'm begging you in Russia, unless you want to live in darkness for the rest of your life, be isolated from the world, be in abject poverty, you need to step up to the plate and take this guy out. They have no future under Putin. You'll live in abject poverty. You'll be isolated from the world. Easier said than done, but Putin needs to go, and the people who need to take him out are the Russian people. I hope there's a Brutus somewhere in Russia.
1: All right, Brutus, the guy who killed Caesar. So um, here's the deal, Uh, a couple of things he should not have said. Oh, he tweeted it as well. He's owning this baby, right? He wants him dead. Is there a Brutus in Russia? Uh, The only way this ends is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. now. The mainstream and a good chunk of the conservative media say this is all a bad idea. Lindsey Graham, you don't know what you're talking about. You ought to shut up. And quite frankly, I agree. couple of things here. Number one, assassination. Who the heck knows what's going to happen next if it were to happen? Archduke Ferdinand, anybody? We remember that from school. The uh, what the hell was he uh, of Austria, the Archduke of Austria, right? He was assassinated and all hell broke loose. World War One began. Stay the heck out of it, Lindsey Graham. I know you get those intel briefings from time to time. You think you're a smart guy, but you know what? All of you politicians, you just you don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the intellectual capacity to be dealing with this stuff. You're too busy running for re-election, doing people favors, asking for money. Do not ask for a hit on some foreign leader, especially Putin. And as for Lindsey, let's face it, he's been on thin ice with us a lot over the past couple of years, right?
0: And if Donald Trump cares the banner of my party, I think it taints conservatism for generations to come. I think his campaign is opportunistic, race-baiting, religious bigotry, xenophobia. I believe uh, Donald Trump's foreign policy is isolationism. It will lead to another 9-11. That he's a jackass.
1: Yeah, that's stuff. And then, of course, he wins. And then Lindsey's his best friend. This is just so textbook Washington, isn't it? Oh, and then when things went south again, he was out. Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it then end this way. Oh, my
0: God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see, all I can say is
1: uh, count me out. Enough is enough. All right, I'm counting you out. I think we should count him out. Career politician Lindsey Graham just didn't have it in him, and he has been. Yep, this is all he's known. Politics. He's not a geopolitical thinker. Yes, I know he's in the Air Force Reserves, but... He can't read Putin. He can't. And he shouldn't be saying this kind of stuff. You know what? What happens if somebody takes him up on his advice? Now, this is what I don't like about Lindsey Graham. There are some things I do like about Lindsey Graham. Who remembers the Kavanaugh situation, what they put that man through? It was ludicrous and bringing Christine Blasey Ford into the mix and that ridiculous display. Well, this, in my opinion, was Lindsey Graham's shining moment, actually, when he called this for the farce that it was.
0: This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it.
1: He's a good man. Sometimes he gets a little bit carried away. I'll always appreciate that, Senator Graham. Okay, but this guy, I think we're done with forever. William Barr, a former attorney general. By the way, I have it on very high authority. That he had something of an eating disorder at the White House. I'm not kidding. More on that in a moment. More importantly, he has a book out. Uh, One damn thing after another. The memoirs of the Attorney General, Attorney General Barr. I think this is beneath him. I don't think he should be stooping to selling a book. Especially in this manner. Now, it's one of those tell-alls, right? And, you know The cheap Washington fashion, the stuff you heard, the stuff you saw. Maybe you exaggerate a little bit and you get on TV and you talk about it.
2: I said, OK, well, look, I, I understand you're upset with me. And I'm perfectly happy to tender my resignation. And then, boom. He slaps the desk. He slapped the desk and he said, accepted. Accept it. And then, boom, he slapped it again. Accept it. Go home. Don't go back to your office. Go home. You're done.
1: He seems to get a kick out of that story. I wish that happened on day two on the job. Unfortunately, it happened after the election. He's talking about it now and he's not just talking about it. This isn't just a book. This is a well, I don't know what to call it, but he went on a date with the fake news champ, Lester Holt. Look at them riding around town and he's telling him story after story from the book. We had to go for a car ride to see it. Anyway, uh, they went to Capitol Hill and then talked about January 6th.
3: Do you think that President Trump was responsible for what happened here ultimately?
2: I do think he was responsible in the broad sense of of that word and that it appears that part of the plan was to send this group up to the Hill. I think the whole idea was to intimidate Congress, and I think that that was wrong.
1: The whole idea, the swamp, has been intimidating patriots, intimidating people like Bill Barr.
3: More on that in a moment. Uh, finally, from the interview. Now, he was being summoned to the president's private dining room after saying in an interview with the AP that Trump's claims of election fraud were wrong. And
2: I told him that all this stuff was bullshit and uh, about election fraud, and uh, you it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was.
1: There's something about his voice. He seems very tentative, um, bashful somehow. I don't think he, he knows in his heart that there was a problem with this election. I believe he knows that. For instance, where was his head, and where was it, what was he thinking when he said this before the election? You see how tentative he is here, how strong he was before the election.
2: So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud. but you, So far, we haven't tried it. Well, and The point is that a lot of us, uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, this is, like is you, playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And people are playing with fire.
1: People were playing with fire. But in the end. I guess Attorney General Barr did not want to get burned, did not want to get involved. He's only 71, 72 years old. He has another 10 years, 15 years left of making money. He said it stands to reason that there could have been fraud. And yes, it is logical. This guy went through a lot, though. The swamp, they put him on notice. If you don't turn on Trump, we will have nothing to do with you. And they started to work on him right away. The Attorney General Barr has been the personal attorney for the president rather than America's attorney general. This has been over and over again. We've seen him act uh, and do the personal bidding of the president rather than the independent Department of Justice.
0: He sounds more like a personal attorney, defense attorney for the president rather than the attorney general, who's taken an oath to to support and defend the Constitution.
2: He doesn't seem to understand the distinction of the role he has, which is amazing because he was the attorney general before, uh, but he's acting as though he's the personal attorney for the president. The attorney general is the attorney for all the people of our country. Uh, and that's why he should resign.
1: Talking point, anybody, right? They're all saying it. They're all saying it, the same thing in the same way. It happened anytime, anytime this guy did his job.
0: Pressure is mounting on Attorney General Bill Barr amid allegations of political interference by the Department of Justice. In an open letter signed by more than 2,000 former DOJ officials from both Democratic and Republican administrations, they call on Barr to resign. Being Attorney General of the United States is a sacred trust. You have betrayed that trust. America deserves better. You should resign.
3: In May of last year, so a full year ago, I called for Bill Barr to resign, he clearly um, has never um, followed the, the 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 role, the responsibility, and and the mission of the attorney general.
1: Wow, you know, it's one thing to resign, to be forced out of office. They're calling for your resignation. How about to be disbarred, to lose your license, to make money, essentially? And there was a lot of that. People were asking for him, Democrats, for him to be disbarred, and so many in the swamp, Republicans too. Republicans, too. So how do you get over all that? Well, you essentially apologize. You tell the swamp you're still with them. You go for a car ride with Lester Holt. You write a book and uh, your law license is safe and you'll be welcome back into the fold. Uh, Strange person, disappointing. And by the way, no kidding. I've heard this, that when he, well, one of his big priorities as attorney general was lunchtime and he couldn't quite control himself in the White House mess, particularly when it came to cheeseburgers. He seemed to think it was an all you can eat situation. Look, I for a while thought he was a patriot. I really did. And when he played the bagpipes, that was a uh, kind of cool, but At the same time, I've always had my doubts about guys who wear skirts, Uh, so who knows? By the way, finally, the president, President Trump, has been weighing in on all of this. He knows there's a book out. He says, Bill Barr cares more about being accepted by the corrupt Washington media and elite than serving the American people. He was slow, lethargic, and I realized early on that he never had what it takes to make a great attorney general. Wow. And he goes on, Bill Barr was a big disappointment to me as attorney general. He was afraid to act and usually didn't. Man, more. I would imagine that if the book is anything like him, it will be long, slow, and very boring. Wow. All right. So this is nasty, but I think well-deserved. Now he gets more substantive and It shows me that he knows more about the Constitution than the Attorney General. Take a look. As President of the United States, I am the chief executive who is responsible for the department heads, which includes the Attorney General. When I saw that the Department of Justice was not doing their job, I have every legal right to ask them to do so in accordance with the law and the Constitution. Yes, sir, you do. Finally. Barr's lack of energy, drive, and curiosity led me to say things to him that should have never been necessary. But he was so lazy and cowardly, he just never quite understood what was going on. Wow, that's something. And it does ring true, doesn't it? Take a look. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sad here because more people will have just read with us President Trump's rebuttal to this book than will ever read Barr's silly book. President Trump sure knows how to play it. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more and start listening today.
1: All All I can can say say is is that that the the fake fake news news just just doesn't doesn't get it, it, do they? they? (laughs) They don't. They are so consistently wrong. Nobody ever really calls them out. A couple of blogs here and there, but they keep going on, being wrong, pretending they're experts in everything. It's deafening. Lately, they know everything there is to know. About Ukraine and Putin and last week they knew everything there was to know about coronavirus and it goes on and on and on but these folks are wrong as wrong can be Uh, the talking heads in the media and also the politicians. The great litmus test in my book is the Iraq War. The Iraq War was a horrific catastrophic mistake. I knew it beforehand, I knew it during, I knew it after, and I spent almost a year there. I saw it firsthand. What a colossal mess. Well, Hillary Clinton has been making the rounds lately. She's uh, on MSNBC saying what we should do in Ukraine and all that stuff. She voted for the Iraq war in 2002. Uh, Lindsey Graham, we were just talking about him, smart guy, right, knows everything, studying Putin, voted for the Iraq war. John Kerry. He voted for, yes, the Iraq War. Now he's uh, Joe Biden's environmental czar or something like that. Some of the top people in media, Tom Freeman, New York Times op-ed page, was all for pushing. He pushed the war in Iraq. How about uh, celebrated smart guy Fareed Zakaria, another egghead who pushed the war in Iraq? And of course... Nobody thinks he's smart, but Joe Biden voted for the war in Iraq. Um, And possibly the most important, formerly important media outlet ever, the New York Times. Now, they were all about the war. They pushed it and pushed it and pushed it, so much so that a year later, they apologized. They apologized for all the pro war stuff they were putting out. Now, you know who's on record as not supporting the war in Iraq before it happened? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Now, uh, in 2002, he said something remarkable. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, the mainstream media, they say, no, no, no. He supported the war in Iraq. He was wrong. He's Donald Trump. He must be wrong. He's wrong about everything. He's Donald Trump, right? Listen to him.
0: My opponent was for the war in Iraq. He says he wasn't. You can, you can go back and look at the record. He supported it. He told Howard Stern he supported it. That interview in 2002 uh, with Howard Stern where he
1: said he was for the war. Donald Trump didn't oppose the war in Iraq. When asked about it in 2002 on the Howard Stern show, he said he was for the war. Huh. They keep saying it. They keep saying it. Howard Stern. He told Howard Stern. You say it enough, it gets accepted. And then it gets mentioned in the debate as a fact. The moderator is chiming in, saying it's a fact. Watch.
0: Donald supported the invasion of Iraq. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. proved over and over again.
3: So you had supported the war in Iraq before the invasion. What makes your judgment? I did not support what, what, the in war two, in Iraq.
2: 2002. That is a mainstream media nonsense put out by her because she frankly i think the best person in her campaign is mainstream media my question just, is since you, you would you, you like to hear it, why is your i was why against is your judgment, the war, wait a minute i was against the war in iraq just so you put it out the record shows I, otherwise the but record why does is not show why was your is your
1: judgment the record any? shows
4: that i'm right
2: all right
1: so this howard stern thing they're always talking about let's listen to it this is september of 2002 something happens here We're going to listen to it, and then we're going to play it back, and we're going to listen to it even slower, but take a look.
3: you for invading Iraq.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Have you ever heard Donald Trump say, yeah, I guess so, about anything? Has he ever wavered? Has he ever? Ever. Think. One more time. What did he say again? Yeah, I guess so. You notice something there's a stutter there when's the last time you heard has donald trump ever stuttered i guess s- s- so listen yeah i guess so yeah i guess so that's not trump that's not the way he talks unless he's actually conflicted unless he hasn't made up his mind the fact is that he did not support the Iraq war. The fact is that on one day in September of 2002, he said, yeah, I guess so. See how the mainstream media twisted that and exaggerated it and hyped it? They have no shame, do they? Here's something that bothers me, and maybe it bothers you. You know, I'm excited about the spring and the summer. I like to go to Washington, D.C., usually on Memorial Day. I don't know if I'll be going this year. I don't like the scene down there. Have you noticed that Black Lives Matter Plaza? Do you know it's still there? Yes, this is a satellite image uh, right across the street from the White House. Black Lives Matter is permanently part of 16th Street. I love 16th Street. It leads up to the White House. It's very, very beautiful. But now, well, the whole scene is is marred, and it's, it's not right. You know, can you imagine that If we painted MAGA, Make America Great Again, right on 16th Street, the church right by the White House had Black Lives Matter for months, months after the summer of 2020. If we put MAGA on a church, that shouldn't be there. And MAGA shouldn't be there. Look, half the country doesn't agree with MAGA. That's fine. Isn't the White House, isn't Washington supposed to be for all of us? Yes, of course it is. Finally, I'd like to congratulate Peter Schweitzer. Uh, His book is amazing. Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping Red China Win. The book, he promoted the book. We talked about it. I've read it. It's wonderful. He's been on Newsmax many times, and we like Peter Schweitzer a lot. And you know what? His ship has come in. Uh, It's number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, a lot of folks believe that this list is skewed to favor liberals. So, you know, this book is doing very, very well if it makes the New York Times number one slot on the bestseller list. Congratulations to you, Peter, and we will be right back. The government has delegated censorship. It's a really interesting loophole. They can't violate the First Amendment, but they have their allies in big tech do it for them. Donald Trump spoke at CPAC last weekend. I actually watched the speech. I enjoyed it. I thought it was vintage Trump. I didn't think it was particularly controversial. For Trump, uh, here's a portion.
2: The election was rigged. As everyone understands, this horrific disaster would never have happened if our election was not rigged, do we need borders that work, elections that are fair and free and not rigged. They rig elections to disenfranchise you. And we all know what happens when you get a rigged election like in 2020.
1: He's Donald Trump. He's a former president of the United States. What he says we should be able to hear. That's not what big tech is allowing. You know, something very sinister is happening here. The government, they can't violate the First Amendment, right? They don't have to if they can get their allies in the private sector to do it for them. Now, The Hill, a prominent media outlet based in Washington, D.C., they aired this, and guess what? They were kicked off of YouTube. Now, being on YouTube actually is important for a lot of media outlets. This is a way to generate money. One of the contributors at The Hill put it this way. Uh, Let's go through it. Last night, we learned that YouTube had suspended The Hill's entire account for the next seven days. The reason was election misinformation. The first video in question was raw footage of Trump's speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference on February 26th. Uh, It goes on to say YouTube has taken the position that merely acknowledging an utterance of the false claim is the same thing as making the claim yourself. This is a policy that effectively outlaws straight news reporting on YouTube. It does. It does. And by the way, I happen to disagree. I think there are legitimate questions that must be raised about the election of 2020. Now, we've all seen prominent conservatives get kicked off of Twitter. This is extremely damaging and scary. I keep hearing the defense, well, this is the private sector. You can't govern. The private sector is doing the bidding of the government. This has to be fixed. They're YouTube, big tech. They're more important. They're bigger than some countries. And they can do this. They can silence people. That's wrong. I want to show you something else. The New York Times has been wrestling with this a little bit, the rise in book bans and censorship. And there was an interesting note. Someone sent the paper. I can't tell if they were being satirical or if they were earnest, but they say this. I am amazed, to the editor, I am amazed that all of the people in a frenzy to ban books have overlooked a book that is in most public libraries and features fratricide, incest, adultery, murder, drunkenness, Slavery, bestiality, baby killing, torture, parents killing their own children, and soldiers slaughtering defenseless women and children. It's almost guaranteed to give children and even adults nightmares. If you haven't guessed by now, it's called the Bible. And reading it right there, I think the guy actually thinks that book should be banned. That's not, thats not. he's saying that this is a bad book. And it does contain references to slavery and all those topics. Now, of course, it's the greatest document ever. How about that? The Bible is next. And amid all this censorship, America is pointing their finger at Russia. How dare Russia do what they're doing? And what are they doing? As the State Department tells us, Russia's prosecutor general ordered the communications authority to restrict access to the independent outlets, blocking their websites and ability to broadcast. Russia's government is also throttling Twitter, Facebook and Instagram platforms. I wonder where they got that idea. We'll be right back with Rudy Giuliani.
3: Being summoned to the president's private dining room after saying in an interview with the AP that Trump's claims of election fraud were wrong. And I
2: told him that all this stuff was bullshit and, uh, about election fraud. And, uh, you know, it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was.
1: Former Attorney General Bill Barr selling a book. It's called uh, One Damn Thing After Another. Uh, We had lots of thoughts on this book. We spoke about it at the top of the show. He names, and not in a flattering way, my next guest, one of my favorite people, former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, close confidant to President Trump. Uh, Mr. Mayor, welcome back. First off, your reaction overall to Bill Barr writing what seems to be one of those classic uh, D.C. tell-all books.
5: Kind of disappointing. I always thought he was a classier guy than that. You know, a really good lawyer who was above the sensational book with the sensational claim that the publisher tells you to put in. So you can go do these interviews and sell a lot of books. I mean, I know the game, and I know the game he's playing, and I thought he was above it, but... I don't know. For money, people will do a lot of things. I mean, the reality is that Bill Barr never took the time to look to see whether there were claims of fraud. And his department had a tremendous amount of evidence, not only of election fraud, but of fraud during the election, as well as 30 years of crimes by uh, Joe Biden that are now documented in the hard drive. And uh, he ignored them all. All the things you're reading about in Miranda Devine's book, Hard Drive, or in Peter Schweiker's book about the $31 million that came from China, could have been revealed a year and a half earlier by Bill Barr if he had done his job. If he had done his job, Joe Biden would not be the president. He wouldn't have a a man who committed uh, 20, 30 felonies sitting in the White House. And remember, he covered up the Hard Drive which
1: would have exonerated the president
5: during the impeachment. We Mr. Mayor, Mr. A
1: Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, you spent a lot of time with uh, Attorney General Barr, I would, I would imagine, over the years. Now, before the election, there was a different type of Attorney General Barr. He was fired up and had seemed to have grave concerns about what could go wrong with tens of millions of absentee ballots just floating around. Listen to this.
2: So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud, but you so far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is But a lot of us. Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, if this state is, like is playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here, and if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire.
1: It's, it's, it's really something. I mean, he says as a matter of logic, and he's right, and it's true, and he's fired up. What happened? Uh, why did he get spooked? Did the, uh, did the establishment, well, we know the establishment threatened him with disbarment. They threatened him with essentially cancellation. Uh, do you think that played a big role in how he got well, to where I- he is now?
5: I can only say that what you just played is absolutely accurate about mail-in balloting. It's been written for years, including by Jimmy Carter and and Secretary Baker and every commission that's ever looked at it, that it's prone to fraud. It's barred in 75% of the European countries. Uh, the evidence is overwhelming. I mean, he never looked at a single affidavit. All he had to do is go to Philadelphia with me and see all the lines that were set up and the Republicans held behind them, not allowed to look at a single ballot. Uh, or talk to the—I have 300 affidavits from citizens talking about voter fraud, talking about being trained to attach uh, phony ballots to phony registrations en masse. One woman who was so disgusted by it, she went and confessed it. Now, these people have to be listened to. That's evidence. To say there's no evidence is a complete lie. And for somebody who had that position before to change it tells me there was some intervening event. And he's not acting like himself. He's acting like a cheap guy selling a book rather than a distinguished lawyer right now.
1: I mean, it's funny. You know, he's not just it's more than selling a book. I mean, he went on a ride with Lester Holt, in my opinion, the champion of fake news. They're riding throughout Washington, D.C. in a car. I mean, this is. This is a four star book rollout. Now, sir, as you know, or you may not know, but he comes after you personally. Your name comes up in this interview and it does, I'm sure, in the book as well. Uh, Let's listen to that, please.
2: I said the reason you are where you are is because you wheeled out a clown show of lawyers. A clown show? Yeah. Clown car or something like that. I said it's just a bunch of clowns.
3: Who Who are you referring to? Rudy Giuliani.
2: Cracker Jack legal team, among others.
3: Uh,
1: Mr. Mayor, your response to that? Yeah, I'm not going to respond to that. that.
5: I mean, that's a uh, ad hominem personal attack by someone who was too lazy to take a look at the evidence and who let somebody get elected president who should have been thoroughly investigated. He held the evidence for over a year. The hard drive damns him as a totally incompetent attorney general. Imagine sitting on that for a year when now it's revealing $31 million from China to the Joe Biden family of which Joe Biden got 50%. That was in the possession of the either lazy, incompetent, or whatever, attorney general. So he likes to call names. uh, What can I tell you? The man did not do his job.
1: Uh, Mr. Mayor, if I could uh, jump in on that, Uh, you were the number three ranking official at the Justice Department in the 1970s when he was an intern at the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, You are about as top flight an attorney as there is in America. Everybody knows that, except for those who have decided to try to cancel you because of your association with Donald Trump. You know yeah. that people came out. You, you, you had it made. You had it made. Eight figures were probably coming into you when you became close to Donald Trump. They went after you in a big way, didn't they?
5: Yeah, well, he didn't have the courage to, to, to take it. Obviously, the uh, sucking up to Washington and having less to hold like you in The New York Times and not being canceled. And all of that was more important to him than the truth. And the reality is that just like the hard drive has been proven to be true, everything I said about the hard drive is now absolute fact. And about a third of the election fraud to half have already been proven. All of it's going to turn out to be true, Greg. And uh, this man didn't do his job. But what I'm really upset with him about is the year, year and a half, in which he held on to evidence that any uh, first-year prosecutor would have known crimes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's there's, there's a uh, there's a money laundering transaction involving the Bidens. One well, year, three pieces of paper, 10 minutes to read it. Huh. I mean, it goes from it goes from Ukraine to Latvia to to, uh, to Cyprus. Yeah, to Mr. Washington, Mayor, it's, Joe, uh, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I, 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 my first year prosecutor would have
1: gotten
5: it. <laughs> Sir. I, think he was, I think he was too lazy or yeah. he was covering it up.
1: Well, he does move slow, doesn't he? We have to go. We're out of time. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much. I do believe history, you will be vindicated by history. It
5: already is. It already is.
1: All right. Thank you, sir. Very, very much. To be continued, Rudy Giuliani, you bet. We'll be right back. The war in Ukraine rages on, and they say it's going to get worse—a lot worse. And Putin's getting frustrated and seems to be going after civilians more and more. I'd like to bring in two of the smartest people we know. We got Mark Simone, iHeart Radio talk show host, and Craig Shirley, presidential historian and author of the new uh, book. It's called April 1945: The Hinge of History. Looking forward to that. Gentlemen, uh, man, oh, man, oh, man, I don't like what's happening. Nobody does. Craig, first to you. What's the off ramp? How do you is it possible this thing could somehow come to a close? I hear murmurs of those peace talks. What do you think?
4: I think this, this is possible, quite possible that this could become Russia's Vietnam is that is that we if we send humanitarian aid we, if we send armaments we don't commit ground troops but nato uh, helps the uh, indigenous freedom fighters in ukraine that they will you know it's 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 a fact of history that people fight harder to keep their land than than do people to try to take their land and the, the, you know while we're hearing reports of russia uh, you know, waging mass carnage, there are also good reports of, of people on the ground, Ukrainians on the ground fighting to keep their country. So this isn't over yet, not by a long shot. Putin, I think, is frustrated because for the very fact that the Ukrainian people are fighting back and world opinion is is against him, Even even the
3: people of Russia are against this. Mark Simone, what do you think? Uh, I think he's right. It's, and This is a mess for Putin. Uh, he's revealed tremendous weaknesses in his military. No night vision, uh, unable to keep the uh, convoy supplied, the logistics chain, supply chain, not enough food, gas, not even tires for these vehicles. Uh, and, and, and Craig is right. What happens if they do capture these cities? Remember when we took Iraq, it was a problem for a year or two with the asymmetrical warfare, the guerrilla fighting. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a disaster no matter what happens here. And a public relations nightmare that Putin will never recover from.
1: Well, uh, meanwhile, on our side of the ocean, we've got Joe Biden running things, quote unquote. Uh, The State of the Union address the other night uh, did not seem to move the needle much in any direction that I can see. It already seems, you know, this is Tuesday night. It seemed like it happened three years ago somehow.
4: Craig, what did you think of the speech? I thought it was atrocious. It was, it was packed with lies and canards and, and uh, prevarications. Uh, no wonder it was one of the lowest rated State of the Union addresses in years. This wasn't historic at all. You know, if you go back, uh, Monroe actually used his State of the Union, his seventh speech, to proclaim the Monroe Doctrine. And later, Franklin Roosevelt used a State of the Union to proclaim his four freedoms. Presidents who are wise about the use of the bully pulpit will use the State of the Union to uh, make, uh, first of all, uh, you know, talk about their accomplishments, but also the goals for the nation. And, and also, as John Kennedy knew, and also Ronald Reagan, is you use them also to lift the morale of the American people. Joe Biden did none of these things because he doesn't understand the presidency and he doesn't understand the uses of power of the presidency.
1: And uh, if we could, I'd like to play a Lauren Boebert. I mean, I'm sorry, but somebody had to mention those 13 troops and if Joe and Afghanistan, if Joe Biden was gonna do it, good for Lauren Boebert. Here's that moment.
5: These burn pits that incinerate waste, the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world. Never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness. A cancer that would put them in a flag draped coffin. I know. One of, those, one of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden.
1: Mark, uh, some of my friends disagree on this one. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it needed to be said. And also, there goes Joe again, making the implication that somehow his son is a battlefield casualty, which he was not. He served honorably. That's great. Bo Biden. And we're sorry he's gone. But Joe has implied before that he died in Iraq.
3: Yeah, he's implying the brain cancer was caused by Iraq. But let's point out, Joe Biden had two brain surgeries. Joe Biden's father died. Uh, I think he had brain cancer. It's obviously something genetic. Uh, And for Bobert to yell out like that, you're not supposed to do that. But we sat through four years of Donald Trump being booed, heckled in State of the Union speeches. We saw Nancy Pelosi rip up the speech on camera. So this was nothing compared to that. Hey, also, how come all the fact checkers seemed to be on vacation the day after that speech? We didn't see much from them on the lies. (laughs) That's true.
1: That's true. Hey, listen, we only have about 90 seconds left. If you don't mind, uh, Craig, you got a new book. Uh, Let's see here. April 1945, The Hinge of History. I'm trying to think of what happened in 1940,
4: April of 1945. I know. Is that D-Day? What happened? The FDR dies. Hitler commits suicide. Mussolini is taken down by the mob. Auschwitz is discovered. Dachau is discovered. The war in Okinawa is raging as the final staging for the for the thought, planned invasion of Japan. The A bomb was, was being developed at Oak Ridge. Is that the national speed limit it was 35 miles an hour? Uh, rationing was going on. Uh, sacrifices were being made by the American people. Scrap drives, metal drives, rubber drives, paper drives. It was the last time we were really unified well after september 11th for a couple uh, weeks but it was the last time this country was really unified as a nation for a for a long duration
1: uh i love it fascinating april of 1945 all those things were happening uh Mark, let's read that book. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Mark uh, Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host and Craig Shirley. Once again, this sounds fantastic. Let's put that book up. April 1945, The Hinge of History came out just about uh, a little over a week ago. Congratulations. And we will be right back. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks.
4: Take care. Have a good weekend.
2: You too. Real heroes, real conflict, real threats, real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching
3: to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America.
2: No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you.
3: Newsmax, we are real news for real people.
2: There's been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks.
3: President Trump is right. That's why millions of Americans are tuning
2: into Newsmax for the real news they can trust. What a week, huh?
1: I hope it was a good one for you. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back here on Monday. Take care. Stinchfield is next.